Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I always say that I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so glad that we are now best friends because I don't want you to feel alone. I know I felt very alone when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction. So that's why I created the book, the podcast, the support group, everything here to help you uh, navigate the complexities of addiction. It is so challenging, so hard. And, uh, I just, you know, I wish that I could just pull addiction out of your life because I just, I know wholeheartedly how challenging and hard it is. And so I wrap you with compassion. I wrap you with love. And I hope that I can take some of my knowledge in terms of positive psychology, my formal education, and also my experience of loving and losing someone to addiction in my case. And it I just want to be here for you to help you um, if you're feeling like you need support and to let you know that you're not alone. So I'm here for you. Yay. All right. So I wanted to talk about anxiety and anxious feelings. I remember feeling so anxious and I remember having moments where I would even have like 
almost panic attacks. And it was so hard because there's so many ups and downs. I wanted to do, and I realized as I was taking notes for this podcast, I always take all these notes and I just like feverishly started getting into real-time resilience in the face of anxious moments. And it was just like, it's like open a gate for me. It's like, oh yeah, I used to do this. Or, oh yeah, I used to do this. And so I wanted to just make this into a podcast, but then it started turning into this big elaborate podcast. So I'm going to do it in two parts for you. So um, it can kind of condense it down. So first I want to talk all about anxiety and I want to uncover anxiety and that actually it can be your guardian of emotional well-being. So we're going to first talk about anxiety, basically what it is, how it's not all bad and how it could be beneficial and how to navigate it and that kind of thing. We're going to talk about that first. But then I wanted to talk about the real-time resilience when you're in the face of face of those anxious moments because there's so many things you can do. It's almost like damage control mode, like when you really need something to help you in those anxious moments. So I was realizing that I was talking about two separate things here. I will today in this first part, I will give you some actionable nuggets, of course, that you can apply to your life. But I wanted to really delve in and uncover anxiety. And I wanted to uncover it in such a way that makes you realize that it's not all that terrible, that it's there for a reason, and that it could be your guardian of emotional well-being. But then I also wanted to give you all these tools, like in the real time moments, like Andrea, I'm like having uh, anxious feelings right now. What can I do in, in in real time. And so those are the moments where like, for me, I'd have to go out and walk in nature and I, or I'd have to be walking up the road to get out of my anxious feelings. And I would be like, car, tree, like, what am I smelling? What am I tasting? What am I seeing? Like all these things I had to get into my senses. So those are those real time resilient moments. So let's jump in. Let's jump into this first part of the two-part series, uh, Anxiety Uncovered, Your Guardian of Emotional Well-Being. So anxiety, it's something that we've probably all felt at some point. And if you are navigating loving someone with an addiction, you are probably feeling it more frequently than you have in the past. Uh, and so it's this uneasy feeling. It can be downright scary. It can feel uncomfortable and it shows up uninvited at times. And it just like, it's there. And it often brings along you know, that racing heart or that tent, your tense muscles or even sweating. I know I would get like hot and, and, and just uncertainty just doesn't feel good. And it's, it, anxiety doesn't feel like a great thing. It does not feel pleasant. It, it, it feels like a pressure and it feels like you're unsure. And so, but here's the thing. Anxiety isn't always bad. Anxiety anxious feelings aren't always something that we want to just get rid of right away, right? So sometimes it's our brain's way of saying, hey, there's something up here or hey, like, are you paying attention to this? Or, you know, so I just want you to know that anxiety is pretty normal. It's a pretty normal reaction when life throws you curveballs. Now, if you're in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, I, I don't know about you, but when I found out about a hidden addiction, I was like, what? It is unbelievable. And thankfully, 
those anxious feelings were telling me something is up here. Something is amiss. And like, it's not all that it seems. And, and there you go. So it shows you that very, that anxious feelings are a normal reaction to curveballs, to life stresses, to tough challenges. And particularly when you're dealing with a stressful situation, it is a normal reaction. It's a normal reaction to life's challenges, to stressful situations. And let's face it, navigating the complexities of addiction is their curveballs, left, right, and center. There's like ups and downs. You're on a roller coaster. You're on a merry-go-round. Like it is chaos. And so it makes sense. So it's normal. Anxiety, anxious feelings are normal when life is giving you these challenging situations, when you are presented with a loved one's addiction, when you are dealing with the behaviors that come with all of that. So when you love someone with an addiction, anxiety can become a regular visitor. <laughs> and I say that and I laugh and I always laugh because it's like, it's so obviously true. It's like, okay, there's the anxiety again. Oh, I'm feeling anxious again. Oh, I'm feeling anxious again. Oh, it's like, there's so much stress that comes when you are navigating a loved one's addiction. And so it, it, it kind of camps out on your front doorstep. It like happens a lot. And so you might be worried sick for your loved one. You might be um, concerned about the future of your relationship. You might be feeling uncertainty because you are the unpredictability that comes with it and all those things. It goes along with the normalcy of feeling anxious. And it's actually, did you know that anxiety can actually have some surprising perks and that anxious feelings can bring uh, some positive things in our life? And we're going to talk about that. So we're going to, before we go into thinking about how do we get rid of anxious feelings or right, how do we get rid of them or how do we navigate them? Let's investigate what it is. Like, why might we be feeling anxious? Just so that you, we can humanize it. So I can, you know, just bring to light um, why it is you might be feeling these anxious feelings and that there's nothing wrong with you. And so you might be feeling anxious because you are concerned about their well-being, about the well-being of your addicted loved one in your life. You care about that person with the addiction and seeing them struggle, whether it's with substance abuse or whether it's with a gambling addiction or whether it's with porn addiction, whatever it is, those harmful behaviors and those harmful patterns they can create so much worry. They can create so much fear for their health and their well-being. And so that concern for their well-being can contribute to anxious feelings. Not to mention the uncertainty. So addiction often brings uncertainty, unpredictability in relationships. And so you may not know like when or how your how their addiction will show up like what the behaviors around that you may not know like are they going to come home are they going to overdose are they going to there's so much uncertainty it's like what's what are they feeling like why are they doing this or you know there's so much uncertainty that comes with it and leads to constant worrying uh, and which can contribute to anxious feelings it makes complete sense not to mention helplessness. Oh gosh. So you feel helpless because you didn't cause it. You can't control it. You can't cure it. The three C's, 
great. Like there's nothing we can do. So we're literally feeling helpless and unable to control the addiction. And as a consequence, it leads to very intense feelings, uh, feelings of anxiousness, a feeling anxiety around that. Very common. Like you can see how, why we might be feeling anxious, right? It makes total sense. The other thing is and now there's the the term enabling behavior, which, by the way, I do not love that word enabling because I feel like it's pointing the finger, it's encouraging shame on our behalf. So I always change it to helpful behaviors. We think we are showing up and supporting and loving. We are showing up like loving, supportive people in a situation that we feel like they need our help because we love and care about these people in our life that are struggling with addiction. And so we might inadvertently enable their behaviors or we might inadvertently um, support them and not realize that it's it's contributing to their addiction. But it is, we're not at fault. We didn't cause it. We didn't can't control it too. So this idea of this helpful behavior can cause us and anxious to feel anxious because no matter what we're doing, we're trying to help. We're trying to fix. We're trying to solve. We're trying so hard to help these loved ones in our lives that it makes sense that it might lead to feelings of, am I not doing enough? Everything I try is not working. You might feel guilt. You might feel anxious. You might be feeling like uh, the impact of your actions in general, you're questioning the impact of your actions. Like if I do this, will that help them come back or shoot, shoot, I shouldn't have locked them out, but I did. And then you can see how our helpful behaviors can lead to feeling anxious, anxious. And then there's the whole thing about, you know, financial and social stress, right? Addiction can lead to financial difficulties. Mine was stealing right out of my wallet. I had to start paying for his truck payments. I had to, you know, cover up so much, carry the bills, carry the household, carry everything. And so it became a lot of pressure on me. And I was looking after the kids. I was doing everything and trying also to protect him and hide what was going on, hoping to figure things all out. Not to mention he got in a massive car accident. So you might be dealing with legal issues as well. And you might be, you know, there's a strained relationship here, right? And there's so much pressure and that all can contribute to anxious feelings for both you and the person with the addiction. So there's a lot of anxious feelings here, right? So I hope I made a case to make you realize, okay, yeah, makes sense. I understand why I'm feeling anxious a lot of the time when I am with my addicted loved one or when I'm dealing with my addicted loved one or I've lost my addicted loved one. Anxious, anxious, anxious. It makes sense. I just want to give you that humanity, permission to be human. These emotions, that emotion is normal, a normal reaction to a very stressful and challenging situation. So when you are anxious, let's talk about what happens when you feel anxious. Your body undergoes a whole series of psychological and physiological changes, right? And you probably heard the expression fight or flight or fight or fight, fight or flight or freeze. Say that fast five times. So your body is preparing to deal with this perceived stress. Your body is preparing to deal with the threat or 
or the stress. And so when we feel anxious, that emotion is there for a reason. So the body goes on guard and it's there to help us, to help us deal with what, what's going on, right? It's preparing us to deal with this perceived threat or stress that's going on. So we have all kinds of things. We have an increased heart rate. We've got rapid breathing that happens. We get muscle tension. Oh my God. I used to have these big, massive, I still do actually, because I I still have some stress. (laughs) Anyway, I used to get these big, massive knots in my shoulders and just tense. I would sweat in, in anxiousness. Um, also when we go, when we are anxious, we get dilated pupils because our body is on guard, allowing us to detect, to enhance our, you know, potential vision for something that might be threatening for us. We have an increase in blood pressure. So this blood pressure increases and causes our body to be prepared and well supplied with oxygen and nutrients to deal with the stressors. Our whole digestion gets shut down because our body wants to prepare us to deal with stress, the stress or potential infliction of harm so that our digestion shuts down to divert the energy from non-essential functions like digestion at that time towards dealing with the immediate survival. And you can see, like I had so many issues with digestion when I was going through the muck of loving someone with an addiction. Stress is that huge and that anxious feeling can really contribute to digestive upset. We also have heightened awareness, right? Our senses become more alert and our brain becomes hyper-focused and we're like looking for more potential danger. So we're on guard and we're vigilant and it's all heightened, right? For this state of awareness, but that's exhausting. If we're constantly there, this can all be depleting, right? It's good that this is happening because we're protecting ourselves, but the chronic activation of this anxious feeling is ends up being depleting. It depletes us. It shuts down our digestion when we need to digest food. So the other thing is, is we have cognitive changes when we feel anxious, right? So anxiety can affect our thinking and our decision-making process because we might be more prone to like being on guards. We might ruminate a little more. We might worry a little more. We might become ultra focused on our addicted loved one and focused on potential things that could happen. Like what if thing, what if this, what if this? So when we're feeling anxious, we're more on guard. It causes our, our brain, our cognitive changes to really focus on possible negative outcomes. It's called the negativity bias. And that makes sense because we're looking for potential harm. So what we want to do is recognize that that exists, especially when we are feeling those anxious feelings. So it affects our our decision-making and possibility thinking. Okay. So not to mention, there's so much that goes on, right? When we're feeling these anxious feelings. So release of stress hormones, stress hormones are adrenaline, cortisol, corticosteroids, epinephrine, all these hormones, they play a role in this fight or flight response so that we have energy to deal with it, to sharpen our senses. And again, chronically activated when we're on guard, when we're having anxious feelings, these are all things that are happening. Um, this is a feeling also of unease. So you might be feeling fear, apprehension, dread, worry. Those all come along with anxious feelings, right? Because these feelings of unease are there for a reason to keep us safe and on guard and to protect ourselves. 
So the other thing is that you might be having trouble sleeping. So anxiety can interfere with our ability to fall asleep, but also to stay asleep. I don't know about you. I'd be waking up. First of all, I'd wake up and see him not beside me in the bed. I mean, where are you at 4.30 in the morning? Sure enough, out in the garage, blah, 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 blah. So this, these feelings, these anxious feelings um, really do interfere with our ability to sleep, right? Because we're on guard. It can lead to insomnia. It can lead to disrupted sleep patterns. So these physiological changes are all there to prepare our bodies to respond to threat. So whether it's physical or psychological, we, our bodies are adapting to deal with the situation and to deal with it in quick responses if needed. And this chronic activation or excessive anxious feeling can lead to so many health implications. They can interfere with our daily functioning, right? So it's important to just recognize that these anxious feelings can have a huge impact on us and what it's doing psychologically, physiologically as well is huge, right? So we want to make sure that we recognize that because is that overwhelming feeling can interfere with our well-being. The anxious feelings can interfere with our well-being. So we need to learn how to manage it. We need to learn how, you know, techniques and real-time resilience and, and techniques that can help us manage these anxious feelings so that we can reduce the impact that it's going to have on our life. It makes sense, right? So, okay, so we're hearing all these bad things about anxious feelings, but why, I want to talk about why could anxious feelings be beneficial? So of course, you know, I'm in the world of positive psychology. Every emotion has a place, whether we coin them good or bad emotions, there actually are no good and bad emotions. All emotions are there to communicate with us. They're there for a reason. So some of these anxious feelings actually maybe are viewed as negative because they feel uncomfortable, but they can actually serve as a beneficial purpose. So it can be there for a really, really good reason in certain situations. So I wanted to share with you some of the reasons why anxious feelings can be considered good or advantageous, because that kind of allows us to see the other side of it. So I already talked about some. So enhanced alertness. Anxiety allows us to sharpen our focus, to really see what's going on in situations where you need to be vigilant and attentive to potential threats or dangers. Those anxious feelings could actually help us stay alert and react more quickly. And so that's a benefit. The other thing is motivation, right? Anxious feelings can motivate us to take action, to address the things that are not in line, to address the things or the challenges, the, 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 the triggers and all those things in our life that we may be not necessarily reacting to. So we might be otherwise procrastinating. Anxious feelings actually create motivation. They can motivate us to take action. So anxious feelings are there so that we can become naturally motivated. So we can meet, you know, um, deadlines if we have them so that we can seek out uh, goals for ourselves so that we can, so that anxious feelings allows us to really assess our life the way it is and gives us this motivation for change or motivation to take action, to take good care of ourselves. So anxious feelings are there for a reason. 
The other thing is adaptive response. So in psychology, basically anxiety is a part of the natural fight or flight response. So in situations where you need to protect yourself or you need to respond to crisis, anxious feelings can actually trigger the necessary physiological changes to prepare your body to take those actions. So you're prepared. So it's an adaptive response. It's like, okay, get ready, Andrea. Like, you know, so you can, you can protect yourself. So anxious feelings are there for a reason. The other thing that's so fantastic is that anxiety and anxious feelings can lead to really good problem solving abilities. And so when you're faced with a challenge, when you're faced with the stress of loving someone with an addiction, anxious feelings can prompt you to consider different solutions and to anticipate potential obstacles. So that's huge. So if you're like thinking, okay, like, you know, problem solving is a part of this. Anxious feelings can actually help you when you are dealing with loving someone with an addiction or losing someone to addiction, because it's going to prompt you to consider, hmm, what are some other solutions for me? What are some options? Or I can anticipate potential obstacles or things that might come up. And what are some various solutions? How can I navigate this? So those anxious feelings actually help us with problem solving. Another thing that anxious feelings do is they're a catalyst for personal growth. When we're feeling anxious, it's like, okay, what can I do? So it it kind of catapults us into learning and growth and looking at options. And it's, it, we're already out of our comfort zone. So encouraging us to really look for opportunities to face discomfort, to acquire new skills, to reach out for support, to learn, to grow. And so you can see the positiveness in, you know, this idea of how it can help us. So those anxious feelings can actually catapult us into more discovery and and encouraging us to acquire new skills, to look for possibilities or even new experiences for ourselves. So another thing that these anxious feelings bring about is empathy and compassion. We need to give ourselves so much understanding and so much love, right? And and what it does is when we're feeling these anxious feelings, when we're it's for like when we love someone with an addiction, we're feeling these anxious feelings. It helps us better understand other people in the same situation we can understand. That's why I knew I needed to do this podcast because I know you're probably feeling a lot of anxious feelings. And so this, I can empathize with you. I understand I was there. And so experiencing these anxious feelings can help you increase your empathy and understanding for others who are going through the similar struggle. And that's a positive thing. And it can lead to more compassion. It can lead to more supportive relationships as well. So another thing that uh, I bet you didn't think that there are so many positives and anxious feelings, <laughs> and we usually just try to get rid of the anxious feelings, but there's a lot there for us. Um, another thing is that anxious feelings can sometimes signal that something in your life needs attention. Now, this is the biggest one. This to me is like the lights flashing uh, warning, warning. And so it's a feedback mechanism. I one wholeheartedly believe that I was feeling so much, so many anxious feelings. And it was a signal to me. It was the biggest signal that 
something in my life needed attention. Something in my life needed adjustment. I could not shake that anxious feeling. I would have moments. I use real-time resilience. I would do all the things. And it was such a red flag warning sign to me that Andrea, something needs to happen here. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep going on like this. Uh, You can't keep letting this happen and sitting as a bystander. Like it was a feedback mechanism. And I go like this, like my hands are flashing, like red light, mayday, mayday. Uh, Those anxious feelings, they were a signal to me. And I hope that we can use, use your anxious feelings as a signal that something in your life needs your attention. Something in your life needs adjustment. So it can serve as a feedback mechanism. It's going to help you prompt and assess what your priorities are, what's important to you, what you value. It's a prompt to help you assess your life. It's a prompt that's saying, okay, something's a little off here. Something's amiss so that you can make the necessary changes so that you can take the necessary action so that you can take back your own power. Use those anxious feelings as as a feedback mechanism to let you know that hmm, something may be not quite right here. So that's the power of anxious feelings as well, right? Preparation and caution. So in some situations, anxiety actually can encourage us to really practice and plan better and to prepare and prepare ourselves. So if we know what's going on, those anxious feelings can help us think, okay, well, this is what I need to build into my day, or this is what I need to build in to help protect myself, or this is what I need to do in the future when I have these anxious feelings. So preparing, planning, I know for me, as I had a whole list of real-time resilience, obviously from my formal training in positive psychology, but I used to make a list. It's like, okay. So when I was feeling anxious, I would go to my real-time resilience and I picked the one that felt the best for me in that moment. This is why I want you to listen to part two. So yeah, so it it allows us to be cautious. It allows us to be prepared. So also those anxious feelings are telling us something, right? So we want to know it it can prompt taking precautions. It can prompt, oh, I'm feeling that anxious feeling again. It's like, okay, what are the precautions I can take or who's around when this is happening or how can I avoid that situation? It can help us in future planning. Okay. And now this is surprising. You're going to be surprised on this next one is actually anxious feelings can strengthen our resilience. I know it feels like it's really like dissolving and brings you down and like, oh my gosh, and we don't feel strong necessarily in those feelings of anxiousness. Um, But when we manage effectively. And when we look at our anxious feelings and we see them as it contributing to the development of coping and dealing and healing and navigating our lives, it actually can strengthen our resilience, our ability to bounce back, our ability to learn to cope, our ability to build emotional strength, our ability to be adaptable. So those emotions, that emotion of anxiousness can really help us build resilience actually, which is incredible. So another positive of this is 
when we are feeling, having feelings of anxiousness, it actually makes us more creative. And this is surprising, right? But when we have a moderate level of anxiety or anxiousness, it actually can stimulate innovation, creativity, ideas, possibility. It really propels us into this place of problem solving. I used to say damage control. Like I would have these anxious feelings. It's like, oh my gosh. So I would go into what I call damage control. Like if this happens, like I go down these thought experiments, like if I stay with him, blah, 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 blah. If I leave, blah, 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 blah. I could do this, this, and this. Like it was empowering and it enhanced that anxious feeling actually heightened my creativity and my problem solving approaches. Right. And so, so yeah, so there are benefits. There are benefits to anxious feelings, right? And they're there. And often if they feel really intense, it really feels, you know, um, challenging at times, but they can actually be helpful in certain situations. Although remember like chronic activation of those feelings of anxious feelings, they can be really detrimental on our health, on our mental health, on our physical health. And so the key is to strike a balance, obviously. So we don't want to think of all the benefits of anxious feelings. Um, however, we also want to harness their advantages. We want to minimize their negative impact, obviously, but we want to really see some of and harness some of the advantages too. So the last thing that I want to talk about in part one, which is all about anxiety uncovered, your guardian of emotional well-being, is I wanted to talk about this idea of what your anxious feelings might be telling you. And the reason I want to talk about this is that anxious feelings can actually serve as important signals, as messages that can convey aspects of our own emotional health, of our own psychological well-being and physical well-being. They're there for a reason. So I wanted to go through some possibilities of some of the things that anxious feelings might be telling us. And some are more obvious than others. So I'm just going to go through this. I hope it helps you. Um, So the first one is obvious. It's a perceived threat, right? So anxiety arises in response to a perceived threat. So whether it's real, whether it's imagined, these feelings can alert us to potential danger. So potential danger to allow us to prepare, to be proactive, to be protective, to take protective actions. So if you're feeling anxious, right? There could be that your environment, you have a perceived threat. You have a threat going on, which by the way, when you love someone with an addiction, this is, there are sometimes really, really big threats uh, in many, many ways. So what we want to do is see this anxious feeling as, okay, there's a perceived threat here. Is it imagined? Is it in my head or is it actual? It could be real or imagined. And then this, these feelings alert us and they're there for a reason. So that might be uh, one of the reasons um, what your anxious feelings are telling you, that there is a threat in your environment. The other thing is there's a need for attention here. This is you know, anxious feelings indicate areas of your life that require attention. They require resolution. They require you to look at, right? So for example, you're 
you know, you're anxious about an unresolved conflict, perhaps. And so this can be a signal that you need to address that issue or you need to work towards a resolution. And so those anxious feelings is this discontentness is is needing attention. It needs your attention. The other thing that these anxious feelings may be telling you is that you're overwhelmed. These anxious feelings are telling you that you're overwhelmed, that feeling overwhelmed with maybe your responsibilities, with the pressure, with your tasks, with your, you know, there's just a lot going on around you. These can all trigger anxious feelings. And so it may be a signal or a sign that you need to prioritize you. You need to prioritize your needs. You need to maybe delegate some things. You need to reach out for support. You need to manage your workload. You need to, you know, talk to a really good friend. You need to, this overwhelm, this feeling. So this, these feelings, anxious feelings might be telling you that you're overwhelmed and hello. Yes. Loving someone with an addiction is exhausting. And yes, it's overwhelming. And those anxious feelings might be telling you that, okay, I, it, now I need to prioritize me. I need to look at myself and my self care. I need to seek support. I need to reach out to support groups. I need to whatever it is. Um, and so those anxious feelings might be telling you that. The other thing is that they might be telling you that you have unmet needs, right? So these anxious feelings may highlight that you have unmet needs. Maybe you need connection. Maybe you're needing love. Maybe you're needing respect, right? So these anxious feelings may be that telling you that you have unmet needs here. And let me guess, I knew I had a lot of unmet needs when I was in the muck of loving some with an addiction. So it makes total sense. Um, You might need social connection. You might need support. You might feel really, really alone. So those anxious feelings are telling you something. So it might be that you have some unmet needs. The other thing is that there might be a conflict of values. Those anxious feelings might be telling you there's a conflict in your values here. So anxious feelings can arrive when our actions, our decisions, or where we are, they're in conflict with our values. They're in conflict with our beliefs. And this might be a signal to release some of the choices we're making so that they can better align with our core principles. Hello, that one was huge for me. Oh my gosh. I remember thinking if there was a fly on the wall, looking at how he was treating me, that was a huge conflict in my values. Like I value respect. I value I value safety. I value honesty. I value kindness. And all of that went down the tubes. So those anxious feelings were telling me, this is not aligned with your values, Andrea. There's a conflict with your values here. So those signals are there, right? So another thing that your anxious feelings might be telling you is that there's change or there's uncertainty, which comes along with loving someone with an addiction for sure is that uncertainty, right? And it accompanies those anxious feelings are very common to accompany times of change, times of transition, times of uncertainty. So it might be telling you that there's a lot of change going on and you're feeling really uncertain. And so, you know, it's really important to seek guidance and support during these times of upheaval. I felt like the carpet was pulled right out from under my carpet. Um, Another thing that are, and there's so many, but there's another thing that are, um, (sighs) 
our anxious feelings might be telling us is, hello, it's catching our attention. It wants us to gain emotional awareness. So it's serving as a reminder to pay attention to your emotions, pay attention to those inner experiences. It prompts you to explore and understand your feelings more deeply. So that's huge. It's also telling you self-care, 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 right? When anxiety or anxious feelings become so overwhelming, it's indicating to you, it's telling you that you need to prioritize self-care. You need to rest. You need to heal. You need to take time for yourself. You need to take a step back. You need to engage in relaxation techniques. You need to downregulate that nervous system, seek support, reach out to professionals. There's so many that like that, those anxious feelings are telling you self-care, self-care, self-care could be. Another thing is safety concerns. Anxious feelings are in some cases can be a genuine safety concern. If you are feeling unsafe in any situation or environment, anxious feelings prompt you to take precautions, right? To remove yourself from that threat. I repeat, take precautions and remove yourself from the threat. If that is what your anxious feelings are telling you, right? It can be telling you safety concerns. The other thing that it could be telling you is excessive worry. So I know I'm saying this really lightly because it's so easy for us to just worry, worry, worry all the time. I did, however, have some persistent excessive worry because, I mean, one time he was just over at his you know drug dealer friend house. And I was like worried that he was like, you know, I, I perpetuated, I made the problem a little bit bigger. So I had these anxious feelings and... It was because I had this excessive worry. So anxious worry, you know, anxious feelings are persistent and excessive, right? They can indicate the need for stress management and coping strategies. Like it is telling us like, okay, like, you know, there is a lot going on here. It's like that anxious feeling. It's like, okay, I need to manage my stress. I need to get my, you know, SHIT together. I need to focus on myself. I need to develop some coping strategies. I need to turn the light back onto me. And it's just maybe a signal that we need help managing worry. We like that, that feeling, that anxious feeling might also be telling us we need to manage our worry. We need to have some coping strategies around dealing with the stress. So another thing that our anxious feelings might be telling us is this idea and this concept in psychology is called adaptive response. So in certain situations, anxiety, they can be an adaptive response. So it can actually help you perform better and make more careful decisions. So for example, like a pre-exam anxiety, they can help you focus and become prepared. So sometimes it can be an adaptive response. Like it's like getting you ready to deal with this, what's going on in front of you. It can be an adaptive response that's really about preparing you, enhancing your focus. And it can be that positive aspect as well if you're feeling the, the, that anxious feeling. So the other main thing is this idea of emotional processing. So anxiety or anxious feelings, they're part of a natural process of emotional processing. So 
it, it it is all about, you know, there's so many emotions going on. So it could be telling you that it's time to process and make sense of your feelings and, and maybe journal about the anxious feelings that you're having and, and really allowing you to delve into it. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. So understanding what anxious feelings might be telling you is a really great step because it can help us effectively manage that emotion and not just sweep it under the carpet or just try to get rid of it. So so I hope I went through a lot here just to uncover. We basically, un, this is all about anxiety uncovered and how it can actually be a guardian of emotional well-being. It is all about you know, the general thing that it's okay to feel anxious at times. It's a sign basically that your mind and your body, they're trying to protect you, right? So embracing these feelings with compassion and knowing that you have strength and resilience to navigate all these challenges and these life struggles. And, and you can, you can see that these anxious feelings, they're there for a reason. And that, Understanding why you might be feeling anxious makes total sense. And then understanding what happens when you are feeling anxious helps. And then also, what could these anxious feelings be positive? How could they be positive in my life and beneficial? And then also, what anxious feelings might be telling you? So we dove into so much richness and uncovered anxiety and just all kinds of things around it. I hope that was helpful. I am going to go into part two, and this is going to be the nitty gritty. This is going to be the real-time resilience in the face of anxious moments. So you're going to have real-time resilience of what to do and feel or explore because everyone's different when you are in the face of those feelings of anxiousness and what are some real-time resilience things you can do and then also a little bit deeper digging into how we can manage those anxious feelings as well so I hope you listen to part number two and that is it for today I hope you got a lot out of today and uh, I'm sending you lots of love and hugs through the line and uh, I will see you soon thank you for listening if you want additional support you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.